Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kenny Albert. You're listening to the Broadway Hat Podcast with your host, Kyle Hall, the number one podcast for all things Rangers hockey. Welcome back to the Broadway Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hall, and the New York Rangers are absolutely on fire right now. Seven straight wins for the Rangers ever since Jacob Truba threw his helmet against the boards and the Rangers got embarrassed on home ice against the Chicago Blackhawks two weeks ago. The Rangers have completely turned their season around, winning seven straight. They've won uh, their 8-1-1 in the last 10 games. They find themselves just three points back of first place now with the Devils on a losing streak. Crazy enough, the other team that's the only team hotter than the Rangers right now is Carolina Hurricanes, who are uh, they're chasing the standings right now, who are 9-0-1. Uh, so the Rangers and Hurricanes are red hot, but... I mean, this is a streak that the Ranger fans wanted, I and mean, the streak the Rangers needed. Uh, this is the team that I think most people thought they'd see this season. And, uh, I mean, they're getting contributions up and down the lineup. The last, uh, during the streak, uh, Panarin's got 12 points, Trocek has 10, Mika's got 9, uh, Fox has got 7, Keandre Miller, who's finally turning his season around, has got 7 points, scored one of the prettiest goals you'll ever see a defenseman score. On a breakaway, gets taken down, gets back up again, scores the goal. It was an unbelievable goal. Uh, it's one of those goals at the end of the year you'll see on every highlight reel at the Rangers show. It was just incredible. He's got seven points per game. Jacob Truba, who obviously has had a lot of struggles this season, he really showed his captainship with that whole explosion on the ice, uh, just the throwing the helmet, the fighting. Everything that's kind of get that team going because they, they were dead. They were dead in the water. That team had no energy. He had post-game comments saying, you know, it's time to step up. You know, you can't just go out there for a twirl. We got to play with some effort and some heart. And listen, the Rangers listened to him because he fired him up. He's got five points in the last in the seven games, too, and he scored his first two goals of the season. Um, the kid line clicking six points for uh, – I, th- I think all the kids have six points with uh, Kako and Hedl at four goals now – the whole thing now is Philip Heedle's injury scare now. Took a late hit in Chicago, which we've now found out that Lafferty will not get suspended or even a fine for it, which is ridiculous. Uh, was not penalized on the play either. Uh, takes a late hit from him, leaves the game. Now it comes down to, is did he leave the game precautionarily? Did they keep him out because Rangers were, were up by a couple of goals? Didn't need him back in there? Or is he hurt again? You know, they, he's... Speculated had a concussion, which everyone pretty much assumes because he came back with a tentative visor after he had the last quote-unquote upper body injury when he got hit in the head. 
this will be two concussions in a little over a month. And the second concussion, when you have that, is usually a much longer time to come back from. And unfortunately, you don't want all of a sudden this be an issue for the rest of his career as well. So if it is a concussion, which I really hope it's not, I hope it is a shoulder or something injury from hitting the boards awkwardly. If it is a head head injury, Hito could be gone for a while, which stinks because the kid's really, really turning it around this season. 25 games, he's got eight goals and nine assists for 17 points. He leads all the Rangers forwards with a plus uh, 10, uh, plus minus in the season. He's really been... I mean, the kids have stepped up this year, not as much as I think some people thought they would, but they're starting to play much better. But Heedle's been by far the most consistent of the three of them. And uh, Galant's moved him around the lineup, up and down the lineup, and every time he moves into a line, that line gets rolling. So he's been a, a huge catalyst for the Rangers this year over some periods where they've really not played well. He's been one of the better players. So if they do lose Heedle for an extended amount of time. That could be a big issue for the Rangers, especially down the middle where they're de- they're weak. I mean, the weak down the middle, Johnny Brzezinski has done a good job now filling in as a fourth-line center since they sent uh, Ryan Carpenter down to Hartford. But now you're moving Barkley Goodrow back to a third-line center role probably, and then you're also missing that key line that's been playing so well together. So uh, be interesting to see what Gallant does with the lines as he split the kids back up again. You know, does Kratzoff get a shot of a top six role? You know, who the hell knows? Who knows what is coming down the line? All I hope is that Philip Hedl, if it's just a couple games, missed a couple games and he's back on lineup, I just hope it's not a concussion. It's not a long-term injury for him, uh, especially this year. While every time the guy starts to tur- really turn it on, some kind of injury pops up. It's been, you know, it's rough. And uh, the last injury, he was rolling right before that too. So hopefully he's back on the ice soon because Rangers are finally starting to see him come to, you know, really turn into a very good player. And he's a clutch goal scorer. He's got two goal game-winning goals this year, which I think is second most on the team. Uh, so, I mean, he's he's been playing extremely well. I mean, the other guy who's back back in the shape is Igor Shosturkin. He is back to being the old-world goaltender that he is. Uh, he's got six to seven wins on his winning streak. He's got a 1.80 goals allowed, a 9.39 save percentage. So he's back to Vesna Igor. And that's what the Rangers need. And if he gets back to somewhat of that level, I mean, he struggled earlier this year in some games, and he's looked great in other games, but he's really locked in right now. He gets on a run like this like he did last year. I mean, the Rangers are <laughs> they're in good shape. So, I mean, Igor has been outstanding after being really hard on himself, especially after that Devils loss uh, a couple weeks ago where you know, I think he got five goals in that game, and he was really hard on himself. And uh, he's really put together a good streak. How about Jimmy Vesey? Three goals in the streak, two goals against his former team in Toronto. He's been playing outstanding. So, I mean, all these pieces for the Rangers are starting to come into place. Guys like Jimmy Vesey, who you didn't think would be contributors, maybe didn't make the team. He's been playing up and down the lineup wherever Galani is. has been a great penalty killer. He's been great in the defensive zone for the Rangers. He's been the best defensive forward for them this year. And, you know, guys like Zabanjad, who's... Obviously, having a good year, keeping it together. But Trocek, I love the line of Trocek, Kreider, and um, and VC. I just like that a lot. It's just a, it's a third line. That's I mean, a really deep as the Rangers lineup now. I don't know if Goodrow is going to stay on that top line. You know, he's played very well up there with Zabanjad and Panarin, but it seems like Kratzoff would be the better choice there. But who knows? And we'll get into this. Our great guests are my good friend, Colin Stevenson, who's an unbelievable job covering the Rangers for Newsday. Joins us again this week. He's, it's always great to have him on. He gives such good insight. Him and I talk all about this, all about the lines, all about 
what Kratsov's deal is, a lot about Kratsov, about what his deal is, what he thinks. You know, obviously he's destined for a top six role, but Gallant just doesn't, isn't ready to give it to him yet. So it's very interesting to see how that's all going to play out. And, you know, the Rangers right now, three points back at first place. You're right back on the playoff hunt. You're in, you know, the playoffs start today. The Rangers are, uh, well, they, they'll be a three seed, you know, in their division, the third, you know, number three in the, uh, in the Metro. So they're good shape coming into the, you always look at the new year to see where your team is. And right now the Rangers are sitting at 18, 10, and five at 41 points. And you have two games here before the little small Christmas break. So you have the Penguins tonight in Pittsburgh. I'm sure Pittsburgh fans will be very happy to see Igor Shesterkin and the Rangers back in Pittsburgh after last year's Game 7 heroics by uh, Artemi Panarin in overtime to send the Rangers on to the next round and send the Penguins back home packing. So uh, I'm sure that the Pittsburgh fans will be excited to have the Rangers back in their building. Uh, should be a fun one tonight. And then Thursday night, always fun, Rangers-Islanders at MSG. So two tough games, two divisional games before the Christmas break. It doesn't get much easier after that because you have the Capitals, who are right now very hot, coming into MSG in, uh, next Tuesday following Christmas. And then you do they do their annual Florida trip for New Year's and play Tampa on the 29th and then uh, the Panthers on the 1st of the year. So, and then you got Carolina right after that. So the Rangers have a little tough stretch here, but then four, you get to some softer teams like the Canadians uh, and the Blue Jackets and, uh, you know, in, in January. But it's going to be a tough sledding for the Rangers. I think they have the toughest schedule in the NHL. I think I saw that. Someone posted that. They have the toughest schedule in the NHL from now through the end of the year. But, hey, listen, the Rangers have beaten some very good teams this last week. They've shown that they can play with the big teams, and they are one of the big boys in the NHL. So uh, they're back to being these quote-unquote contenders that – Everyone thought they were, and I think, uh, you know, we went from two weeks ago with the loss to Chicago with Elliott Freeman and crew saying the Rangers aren't ready to make the run and they're not going to go to Panarin to now seven in a row. These beat, you know, gave uh, Chicago a beat down, a little payback from uh, from a couple weeks ago last night. And uh, it looks like, you know, they're back in the right in the playoff race. And, um, you know, of course, Colin and I talk about that and who are some of the trade oppor- you know, trade guys they can look at and uh, what holes they need to fill before the uh, playoff start. And we also take a look at you know guys like Sammy Blay, like what's going on with him. Um, you know, obviously he's a big question mark going forward uh, for the Rangers to see where he fits into the lineup and if he stays in the lineup, you know, and where Kratzoff ends up and guy like Julian Gauthier ends up. It's a great conversation with Colin. But before we send to interview with Colin, I do want to tell you about our sponsors over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win, and they get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like like which team will win, how many goals they'll be scored, for even more of a shot at a bigger payout. So go and download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code BROADWAY and bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and win $150 in free bets if they do, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code BROADWAY. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see show notes for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER, or if you live in New York, please call uh, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369.
All right, we're now joined by my good friend. He's back again. Colin Stevenson does an excellent job covering the New York Rangers for Newsday. Colin, thanks so much for jumping back on with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's a, it's a fun time to talk Rangers. Yeah, seven-game winning streak. Um, right now, you can say they're probably one of the hottest teams in hockey. Uh, they've beaten every hot team in hockey, the Devils and the and Maple Leafs this last week. I think the only team hot of them is, unfortunately, the Hurricanes, who the last 10 games, Rangers are 8-1-1, and Carolina's 9 0 one So they've actually lost ground <laughs> to yeah. Carolina cool. in the last 10 games, but three games back of first place. Uh, this, I mean, this is the run I think every Ranger fan was hoping for and what they needed, obviously, after the slow start. Yeah, you know, it, it's when you looked at the schedule, it was it was a daunting portion of the schedule, right? And uh, I talked to uh, – I, I was talking to Barkley Goudreau about this, you know, just about the, the run in general, and, and he brought that up. Um, they they had gone through their, their period of, of just, you know, not getting results, and, you know, they kept – telling us in the locker room afterwards, no, 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 we played well enough. We thought we played well enough. Uh, you know, we didn't get the breaks. And if we keep playing like that, you know, we'll get the breaks eventually and it'll turn. And, and that I think is ultimately what's happened. Um, and it happened to turn at a time when, you know, they were, they were just going through a, you know, a daunting portion of the schedule. Cause when you looked at it, it was, they were going on the road to go face Vegas, which is, you know, the number one team in, in the, in the West and then, and then Colorado, which is the defending cup champions and then coming back home to play, you know, the devils who were super hot and the the Maple Leafs who were even hotter. Uh, And so that was a, you you looked at those four games and you're like, wow, that's, that's a, that's a serious uh, gauntlet um, that they were going to go through and and they made it through, Uh, you know, and they got some breaks along the way. I mean, you know, Vegas played without Jack Eichel and played without Alex Petrangelo and, and, you know, Colorado was missing half their team. I think they were missing <laughs> nine regulars, which is legit half their team. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and they still needed a shootout to beat them. Um, but, you know, but then the, the, you know, the wins over New Jersey and, and Toronto were, were, were mighty impressive. So, you know, they go on that little run and yeah, they've won seven in a row. And, and, uh, you know, they, they, at the back end of the run, they had, they had, you know, Philly and Chicago were, you know, down in the standings. And, and, and so they took care of business, you know, but again, they had to take care of business, you know? So, and that's been the thing about the run is it's, you know, it's not like they're blowing teams out of the water every night. Uh, a lot of those wins that they've had have been games that, yeah, maybe they didn't play so great. You know, maybe they got a break here and there and, you know, you're not quite sure how they did it, but they found a way. And so you're right. I think this is a run that, that we were expecting from them that they needed to make and they've made it. And so now I think, you know, you look at their record and where they are in the standings and you say, okay, yeah, this is better. I think it was after the devil's game. I believe in your article, you were talking to Phil Heedle. And he was saying, you know, we're finally starting to catch some breaks now, you know, and some of the games that we should have won early in the year, we didn't. And now we're winning these games. And I think you look back, I think they lead the league in post hit with 32 posts. You can make a lot of excuses for them, but they did have bad puck luck. And maybe this is finally turning around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yes. And and they were, they were right. Um, And you, you know, if you've played a long time, um, you, you understand that this is how it is, right? I mean, you're not gonna, you know, like a, a, a hitter in baseball who hits 300 is not going to get three hits in every 10 at bats. I mean, you're going to have hot streaks, you're going to have cold streaks, you're going to have line drives that get caught, you're going to have bloopers that, you know, bounce 38 times and get through the hole. 
um, that's kind of how it is. And at the end of the, at the end of the season, it all evens out and you end up where you're supposed to be. And, and that's what they were basically telling us is, you know, and, and it was difficult in some of those times because it, it stings, you know, when you feel mm-hmm. like you've played well enough and, and you haven't won, um, you know, there's, there's nothing really else that you can say other than, Hey, if we keep playing this way, we're going to get the breaks. Eventually it's going to turn, but you know, they were correct. And they, they kept playing that way. They got the breaks. They've turned. You think of, you know, I think specifically of Kako, you know, I mean, he went through a stretch where he was creating so many chances and getting nothing. Um, And now he's got four goals in his last six games, you know? So Mm -hmm. like his goal post, he was hitting. Hi everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started Betfred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetfredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. You know, he's he's not hitting the goalpost anymore. He's putting it in. So, yes. So a, a lot of that has turned around for them. And, um, and and we'll see. And now everything seems to have fallen into place. Like, you know, all the things that people were complaining about, you know, nobody wanted to say it. But Igor wasn't quite the same guy he was last year. Right. Nobody really wanted to say it because, you know, we understood that last year was a, an unbelievable year for him and we couldn't expect him to be quite that good. And he was their best player last year and he's still going to be their best player this year. And so nobody quite wanted to put that on him, but he wasn't quite the same. And, and he's getting back to being better now. I mean, he's his last, I don't know, five, six games that he's played ever since that first New Jersey game, I think he's been better. And I think that's made a difference. And then, you know, you went through the thing with the, you know, he put the kid line together a while back. It didn't really work. He broke them back up. He put them back together. Now it seems to be working. Um, so, you know, things have turned, even Jacob Truba now, you know, who I know has been the ire of the fans uh, dismay for a little while. Cause he's having such a bad season. He's got a goal in, in each of the last two games. So, I mean, even he's coming around now. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, everything seems to have fallen into place for right now as they're heading into the Christmas break. And, and they've pointed, you know, they, they've been talking about Christmas break for a couple of weeks now. I remember talking to Sammy Blay a couple, a week or two ago. Then he was like, yeah, we've got six games left before, before the break. And, you know, we're going to try and win them all. And I think we can do it. And, you know, so he was looking at it from way far out, you know. But now they're almost here. They've got two games before the Christmas break as we speak. Um, and they've won seven in a row. And 
you know, if they can, I mean, I don't know if they're going to win both of these two games before the break, but you know, if they, if they can even split them, if they can get two points out of these two games, then I think, uh, you know, it, they'll, they'll have finished up uh, quite well and they'll, they'll, they'll be where we expected them to be. Yeah. I think right where, yeah, exactly. Like you said, going into new year's, you expect them to be in a playoff spot and it looks like they'll hopefully be, you know, barring a drastic collapse in the last couple of games here, they'll be right there. Um, you and I spoke after Truba got named captain and you and I both thought it was, you know, from what we heard and what you've obviously been around the team, you know, you thought it was a good choice and he was taking on that leadership role and that just embarrassing loss against Chicago. You can see, you know, there's a lot of like, what do you say? You're not, you're not just go out there for a stroll around the ice. So you got to play with emotion. You know, he had the fight against Kachuk the game before when the, you know, the team was struggling. Then he had the huge hit and the fight against Chicago, the toss of the helmet, and he did not hold back in the locker room. And it, it was, uh, you know, reading your article again that night, um, it was, you know, he was very, it was the most captainly thing that he's done yet as a Ranger. Yeah. Uh, is those quotes that he was saying after the game. He was pissed, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He was. And, and, uh, and, you know, like a lot of the players, you know, obviously they're going to stick up for each other. Right. And, and we know that what we've seen from him on the ice, you know, he had a great year last year. I mean, people, people under, underplay like how great he was last year with all those big hits and the fights mm-hmm. and all. Um, and he hasn't been having that this year, but like, I think these guys stick up for him and they all point to, you know, I think it was in the St. Louis game, whatever it was those games where Truba lost his mind and started fighting, you know, guys left and right. I think it was St. Louis. Didn't even fight in that game too. I I forget, but, um, they all point to that as, as kind of, you know, a turning point for them, you know, like it really kind of sparked them and stuff. And, um, and and you're right. It's a it's a captain thing to do, and he knows as well as anybody that he hasn't been playing as well as he did last year. Right? We've 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 written about. Um, they've acknowledged kind of to a degree that you know he had some sort of an injury that was bothering him early in the season. They've not said whether it was upper or lower or what it was, and they never really announced it, but it's sort of like when he missed enough practices and we finally asked him about, they're like, yeah, there's something going on, you know? And I think personally, and it's just speculation uh, uh, more than anything, but I, I, I think that maybe this injury has limited him and, and is playing a part in why he hasn't had a strong season, right? I, I think, um, you know, I, I think he's had trouble where, you know, maybe he's gripping the stick and, you know, guys are taking, you know, he's, he's having trouble turning the puck over. So that suggests maybe he's got a problem with one of his hands, maybe, or something like that. Um, and, and, you know, so maybe that has something to do with why he's not playing great. Um, but he's trying to make up for it in other ways, right? In leadership ways, in, you know, in, in fighting if that's what's necessary and in, and in doing all those other things. Because, yeah, he knows he's, you know, he's having bad puck luck. He's, you know, even, even last night or, uh, you know, as we speak, it's Monday, right? So they played Chicago last night and on Sunday night. And um, even in that game, which the Rangers won seven to one, the one goal they gave up, you know, went in off of Truba's stick, right? I mean, the centering pass and he tries to knock it away and it deflects off his stick and goes in. So, you know, like he's just not getting great puck luck uh, this this season. But again, that's one of those things that that can turn around. Um, and, and if it's just him having bad puck luck and everybody else is having good puck luck, then it's fine and then the team will be fine. But yes, he is trying to, to, to motivate the team and 
spur the team on and do whatever he can do because if he's not scoring goals and he's not and he's making mistakes and he's you know he's, he's giving up goals at the other end he's got to find some way of making himself valuable and and that's a way that he's made himself valuable yeah no i i think when he threw the helmet it was kind of like all right what you know this is kind of like the breaking point of his team this year and then yeah. and then that kind of like spurred into that post game and i'm like you know, maybe this is a good thing. And then they come out and then obviously they haven't lost since then. So hopefully I did wake everyone up on that bench, but another injury that we could be looking down here is from last night as Philip Hedl takes that little bit of that late hit there from Lafferty, which was a clearly a dirty hit. I was looking for the Rangers to do something to the guy afterwards. Cause then he hit Igor right after that. Um, but I guess Hedl, they didn't come out and say it was a concussion. They set up her body, but it's, you know, highly speculated that it was a concussion early this year. He came back with the visor and the tint and everything, which would tell you it was a concussion. Um, and you, you got to hope that maybe they kept them out of the game last night because they were winning by so much and maybe it's not putting back out there. But um, as soon as the guy gets it going, it seems like every time he gets on a roll, an injury pops up with him, which is tough because he's probably the one kid of the quote-unquote kid line who's taking the biggest jump this year of anyone. Yeah, no, I, I, 100%. Everything you said is is right on. Like this guy has been here. What is this? He started at 18, 19. So he's like the he's, third longest tenure Ranger now. That's crazy right. for you to think I mean, about that. Is, yeah. His fifth season, right? So, and it seems like every time he gets going, he gets hurt. And um, that's just bad luck. I mean, like sometimes, you know, sometimes you look at a guy and he gets hurt because maybe he's not in condition and, you know, there's really nothing you can do. This is a freak injury. Um, yes, you're right. They won't use the C word. Um, they, you know, he missed some games early on in the season with what was an upper body injury. And we know that he got hit in the head, mm-hmm. you know, in that particular instance, he missed those games. And when he came back, he was wearing the tinted visor and he, you know, some of the things that he, you know, again, couldn't, wouldn't use the C word. Um, but you know, the tinted visor was a tip off and, you know, coming a couple of the other things, um, and I talked to him about that visor. Actually, they, you know, the, the initially the, the visor he used initially was uh, Adam Andrew Cop's old visor. Um, they, you know, they gave that to him. And it worked, and that, you know, he used that for a game or two and changed and got a, a little uh, a different sort of shade. That was a little darker. This was a little lighter. So that was a tip off that that was a concussion. This sure looks like a concussion. Um, again, not a doctor, not a team executive. I, you know, I, I can't tell you that. That's for sure. But if, if it is, if, if the other one was, and this one is, then that's two concussions in like a month. Right. And that's obviously not, not what you want. So I I'm with you. I feel like at the time he went out last night, it was, it was three, one early in the second period. um, And they didn't see any real reason to bring him back. You know, they brought him to the room, whatever. I'm sure they put him through the protocol shortly after that, they go up four one. And there's really no reason to bring him back. So hopefully it's, you know, precautionary. Um, and hopefully he's okay. But, you know, given what we saw, I mean, it, it just didn't look good. And, yeah. and, and now I think, you know, I was talking to someone about this earlier. Now you have to wonder um, if all these things that were falling into place, you know, we just spoke about everything seems to be falling into place. You take one of those things out, you know, does it really throw off the, the bounce, throw everything off balance? And, you know, does it, does it throw the train off the track, you know, and that obviously remains to be seen. We'll see, we'll see what happens if, if he plays in, in Pittsburgh on Tuesday. And if he doesn't play, how do they realign? Because obviously, um, you know, Julian Gauthier, who was the scratch last night, 
he's not a centerman. So mm -hmm. if he comes into the lineup, then somebody's going to have to go play center where, where, where Hedo was. And so they're going to have to make some changes within the lineup. So we'll see. And we'll see if that throws anything off track. Galan could be forced to put Kratzoff on the top line with Panera, which he seems like he's very tentative to do. The other day he comes out and he goes, what does he say? He goes, I, I know what the lines are, but I don't want to do it yet. It's like, <laughs> if you know what the answer to the test is, just write it down. There's no reason to. <laughs> well, I, so, so here's the thing. Like he, he clearly, he wants Kreider to play with Zibanejad. Uh -huh. And he wants Trocek to play with Panarin. And he wants the kid line to be the third line. That's, that's in his mind. That's what he thinks. But he had that going for a little bit and things were, you know, he had to make some changes and he had to change things up and he found this combination and it's working right now. Right? <laughs> he's got Panarin and Zibanejad together. He's got Kreider down on the third line playing with Trocek. He's got the kids playing in the second spot. And so what's he going to do? He's not going to break it up. It's working. So, so that's what he was telling us is like, these aren't the lines. These are the lines for today. I'm going to stay with these until they stop working. And then I'm going to go back to the real line. And the real <laughs> lines, as we know, are going to be Kreider and Zabajad together, which he actually hinted at that he might go back to that. So, and then I presume he'll go back with Trocek and Panera yeah, and yeah. he'll have the kids as a third line. Um, so, yeah, you know, but that's him, you know, and it's, he's an old school guy. He doesn't want to change. He doesn't like to play young players. You know, the kids are fine, you know, like because they've forced their way into the lineup. Kraftsoft's really been interesting, though, because he really, Gallant, just doesn't seem to trust him. And, um, you know, and he got hurt early in the year a couple times, and I think that was, you know, frustrating to Gallant. Um, but I think he overdid it, you know. You know, sitting him out eight straight games, and, the, you know, the first two, he had a tooth problem, and he had to have oral surgery, but then the last six were like healthy scratches. And I don't think the kid needed to sit six games in a row. I think that was a little much. Uh -huh. And he was playing, you know, played four games in a row, looked pretty good. Then you pull him out. So I don't, we'll, we'll see now. And, and we'll see how long Heedle is out if he's out. Um, obviously, if he is out, then Kravtsov's got to go somewhere in, in that top nine, probably in the top six. He likes to play him with Panarin. Um, and we'll see if he does it that way. You know, or, but then somebody has to play with Kako and Lafreniere. So, you know, you know, maybe Trocek goes in, in into that spot with those two guys. And, and then somebody has to play between VC and, and Kreider. And then, so maybe that's, I don't know, you know, maybe that would be uh, Goudreau. I don't know. So we'll see how he, he, he realigns it and we'll see if those lines work as well as these lines do. But yes, you're correct. At some point, he's going to go back to Kreider's Zabanja and he's going to go back to Trocek Panera. I just love it because he gets away from it. And then, like you said, he'll go back to like the, the Truba and Miller. He split them off from what the game and a half or what it was, and he couldn't wait to get them back together. He took the last, the, the first opportunity he can get, he put them back together. He just, yeah, he, yeah. he just loves those two together. We, we, you know, we, we, uh, we talked to him, we asked him about that, I think in training camp or during the preseason or, you know, I, yeah, something like it was early, early on. And he was like, no, I don't want to split, you know, cause we were wondering whether, you know, you might make a change in your top four because of Braden Schneider, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 
because now he's he's a guy who clearly could handle a top four role if, if you wanted to. And because the sixth guy, whether it was going to be Zach Jones or whether it was going to be Libor Hayek or whether it was going to be someone else, you know, we were wondering whether you might mix up your pairs to, to accommodate that sixth guy. And, and he was adamant that he, he liked Lindgren and Fox together. And he liked Truba and Miller together. And then, you know, the third pair was going to be Schneider and somebody else. And, and so, yeah, he stayed with that. And he doesn't, you know, doesn't like to deviate from that. And he did, you're right. He did for a while. Truba was playing poorly and, and made some mistakes. And, and I think, uh, you know, Gord Murphy, who runs the defense, realized that you know he, he needed to you know he needed to do something and, and so they moved Braden Schneider up into Truba's spot um with Keandre and then and then you know kind of did that and so that was the thing for I think three games because I keep track of this stuff I think there were three games that those you know those pair that Truba was on a third pair and the funny thing is I wrote about it and that was going to be my my early night story one night, and that was the game where he broke them up. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had to scrap that story and compose a completely different story. Uh, so that story never actually saw the light of day. Never actually made it on the website or anything like that. I wrote I wrote this story about you know the Schneider playing with Miller and how they enjoyed playing with each other and all this kind of stuff. And then that was the night that he broke it up, and so I had to had to kill that story. Um, but yeah, so, and then recently, what was it? The, in the Devils game, I think, when they were down to nothing five minutes in, that's when he changed the lines and that's when he changed a deep partnership. Um, but then the next game, he put them right back together. Uh-huh. So he doesn't, he doesn't like. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF you know, changing from something that he knows has worked in the past. And then, you know, you and I talked about the want to see maybe Keandre with Fox late in games. He's only done it like two or three times where he's put it and he's putting Keandre up with, with that Fox. Cause most of the time, you know, obviously when they're pulling the goalie there at the end, they have the five forwards on there, but yeah. he's had a couple of times where he's put Keandre up there and you and I talked about how we were hoping to see him take the next step. Keandre, he got to a slow start, but he is rolling now and he scored, 
I mean, one of the prettiest goals you ever see at a defenseman. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, the man has, he's so fast and he's got such good hands for defensemen. It's incredible. Yeah. So it's, 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 you mentioned how fast he is. I can tell you that I've watched hockey a long time and I've never seen what he did in that. I've never seen that. I've never seen a guy get tripped, fall down, get up and still go, keep going on the breakaway and then score. I've never seen that. Like, Normally a guy gets tripped and he falls down and, you know, you see the referee's arm go up and you're like, okay, that's it. The play's over. But but he actually got back up and then scored. Um, So yeah, he's, he's having himself a a run right now. Um, And yeah, it'd be interesting. I I would be interested to see him playing with Fox, but you know, Fox and Lindgren work together so well Mm -hmm. that, it's it, it it's tough it. to break them up because Lingren's been playing yeah. great too. Lingren's playing fine. He's playing his normal game. So it, it makes more sense to keep those two together. And then, but then you just need Truba to kind of pick up his game so that he's not dragging Keandre down. Cause I think, I think to a degree, I think Keandre has been covering for him, you know, and I think uh Truba's going to have to, you know, pick it up now if whatever has been bothering him is not bothering him anymore and he's been practicing when, you know, he hasn't been missing practices. So maybe it's not bothering him as much anymore. Um, maybe that's, that's a good thing, but at least we know that Schneider can play with Keandre, you know, cause Schneider's having a good year too. Like, he's having yeah, a really good year. He's having a really good year. Yeah. Goals. We thought they scored the, actually they gave him credit for the, for the seventh goal against Chicago. They, had, they ended up taking it away and giving it to, to Johnny Brodzinski, but uh, but Schneider's having a good year too. So, I mean, I think they're okay. Um, they do need to figure out who that sixth defenseman is, that third pair lefty. Um, if it's not, if it's not going to be true, <laughs> um, they need to figure out who that guy is, whether it's, you know, I, I doubt very much that it's going to be Ben Harper. Um, I don't know if, at this point, given the fact that Harper's played three games in a row, if it's going to be Libor. Um, I'm guessing it's not going to be Zach Jones. So if it's not going to be Zach Jones, it's not going to be Libor, and we don't think it's going to be Ben Harper, then who's it going to be? So yeah. that's, that's a, 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 a problem they've got to solve. I didn't have Ben Harper, my bingo card in training <laughs> camp as the, I had a lot of guys. I did not have him down as the sixth defense for the Rangers this year. And they'll quietly send Zach Jones down. Did you hear anything for that? I don't think I saw anything from anyone from Chris Drury or anyone's comment about, why they sent him down, obviously, you know, him and Lebo were kind of going back and forth. They were playing time, but they just sent him down and then we heard nothing else. Yeah. So, so what, you know, what Gallant said, uh, the, you know, the next day or whenever it was that we spoke to him was, you know, cause we all assumed that, okay, you, you've had this battle going and now you've chosen Libor and you've decided to send this kid down. And he was like, no, 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 that's, that's not it at all. We just, we saw an opportunity to send him down Hartford was playing a bunch of games and, you know, instead of going back and forth and having guys sit out, let's just send him down and have him play at a bunch of games. Okay. But that was three weeks ago now. Yeah. I mean, so, um, and he's, and he's still there. So obviously, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't really been following what's going on in Hartford. Uh, I, my recollection is that they're not doing well. They're not winning a lot of games. Um, I'm curious as to whether they would bring up Matthew Robertson because, you know, style-wise, you know, you'd figure that why shouldn't he get a shot at that number six mm-hmm. spot? Um, but there must be a reason why he's not up here and Ben Harper is. Um, initially, when they brought up Harper, you know, 
what they had suggested to us was that he was coming up to be the seventh defenseman. And so Libor was going to get a run and he was going to be the sixth and Harper was just going to come up as a veteran guy to be the seventh. That, that explained why it was Harper and not Roberts. Um, but now that Harper's played three games in a row and they've won all three, I, I don't know if that means that Harper is a consideration as a sixth. I find that hard to believe, yeah. but, you know, but this is where we are. So that's why I say that, you know, they've, I don't know if it's an urgent problem, but it is a problem that they're going to have to address at some point. They're going to have to find a guy like Braun, like last year, a guy on a very small salary, but a veteran guy who could plug and play in that sixth spot, maybe kill some penalties for you. And, and, yeah, not, and, he, and basically not just be a turnstile and, you know, and, and just kind of keep some pucks out of net. He is, he is available. I'm told. Uh, Braun, yeah. He's playing seventh defenseman. You get, you play about what, six minutes in against the Rangers. He yeah, barely yeah. saw the ice. He is available, but I think, you know, him being a right-handed shot um, is would probably not be um, what they're looking for. Um, they, they would probably, you know, ideally you want to go back and if you could go back in time and get, you know, Mark Stahl of about four years ago, that's kind of what you want. A big guy, you know, who's reliable, um, you know, and, can, and has been around a block or two. That's probably what you're looking for. So you hear it or hear first from Colin. The Rangers are interested in bringing back Mark Stahl, <laughs> which will really make some oh, Ranger fans happy. <laughs> hey, they'll take the heat off Truba for a little bit. Tell you that much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see, though. I mean, like, he's got a – obviously, one was an empty net goal, um, but he scored a, a legit goal against Chicago. And, again, maybe it's not legit because it's against Chicago, but, uh, but we'll see. I mean, you know, confidence is a thing that – um, that all of these guys uh, need and, and all of these guys mention as something that helps them be better. Uh, even the veteran guys, it's not just a young guy thing. So if he's got two goals in two games, regardless of who we got him against or how they came about, you know, maybe that'll help him be better. Now, another guy that Ranger fans seem to be uh, throwing a lot of hate behind is Sammy Blay. Yeah. Um, you know, not off the start that I think he probably wants, not off the start the team thought he would get off to. And on MSG, you're at the game, so I'm not, not sure how much MSG you, you watch, but Sam Rosen says, oh, he's close to being 100% again, but he's still working his way there, indicating that he's not playing 100%. As a fan perspective, I look at that and say, if he's not 100%, why is he in the lineup every night? It's not like he's producing a ton, so why don't you just let them guy get, get healthy, send him out for a couple weeks, let him get healthy? Has he said anything to the writers about not being 100% no, or anything? No, I mean, I've, in fact, I spoke to him a week or two ago. I was trying to you know, I, I approached him about the fact that he hadn't scored a goal and was that bothering him. And, you know, I talked to him at some length about that. Um, no, I mean, he hasn't, uh, you know, we haven't asked him about the knee or anything like that um, in, in recent times. I mean, that was something I think when he first came back, you know, it still was in the back of his mind, but I don't think it's, it's, I think he's what he is. Mm -hmm. I think he was a fourth liner in, in, uh, in St. Louis. And I think, you know, when he got, to New York. Um, I think he was on the verge of making, you know, himself into a top nine, maybe even a top six guy. Um, and then unfortunately for him, he, you know, he had the knee injury and, and, uh, and missed the rest of last season and, and it hasn't, hasn't worked for him coming back. I think as a fourth line player, he's okay. I mean, he can go around, he hits people, which is, you know, something that I know that Gallant appreciates, uh, you know, so he, he throws his, you know, he's got a big body, 6'2", and 
204 or so 205 something like that and you know he goes around and he throws it around and hits people but yeah it's been 40 something games man like you gotta get one you know you got <laughs> in you gotta have me in i remember you remember uh remember leah sanderson had one going off his butt you know yeah yeah that. um you got somehow I mean, I just, I, I, but like yeah. last preseason, he looked so good. He looked like yeah. he was going to be an offensive player. Like he had a great shot. I mean, he's yeah. not, we don't even see him taking, like, he's not taking any shots this year. Like he, I don't know. I don't know what's I mean, he, he I know he's close. trying to score, but I don't Yeah. He came close. I think on the road trip, I think against Vegas, uh, you know, cause we talked, he and I talked about that on the road. I think it was specifically during that trip. And I think that Vegas game, he had a lot of chances and, and, you know, I thought it was, it was really close. And then it's just kind of, it was close. It never got there. And then now the moment's gone kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, now the issue that they have, and this is a Gallant thing too. Gallant likes guys to play in their primary position other than Jimmy VC, who's playing on the right wing when he's a natural left wing. I think Gallant would prefer to have, like he wants Lafreniere, for instance, mm-hmm. on the left instead of like we we all think that Lafreniere's future on this team is playing right wing in the top six and the land is reluctant to do that he prefers to have him on the left wing um Kravtsov is a right winger so remember he, he went into the the lineup a couple games ago he went in for Blay who's a left wing um and they played him on at left wing on the fourth line which Gallant said to us, I know that that's essentially said, you know, I know that that's not where he belongs, but, you know, I guess that's the guy he took out and that's, so that's where Kravtsov had to go in. Uh, And so now you look at uh, a guy like Julian Gauthier, who is a right wing, natural right wing, he's a right-handed shot, he plays right wing, he's got a lot of speed and he should be the right wing on the fourth line, but Kravtsov's in there and, you know, and so he's playing Kravtsov on the fourth line on the right wing, which means Gauthier is out. It's just kind of a mess. And then I think mm-hmm. it's the Kravtsov piece that he can't quite figure out where to put this guy and, in, in, you know, what to do with him. And, you know, Blay is, you know, I mean, I think if he's going to be a fourth line winger and he's going to bang and crash bodies and stuff, if he plays 70 games, you know, he's going to get one or two goals. I mean, I, I assume he's going to score at some point. He's playing second power play too most nights too. He's he's yeah. out of his front net. Yeah. I'm like, why is Goodrow not out there at least? You know, so, you know, so, you know, how much does that matter really? <laughs> um, but now, now that now the crafts off in the lineup, then crafts off is going to get those uh, yeah. second play, uh, ice time. So, um, but I don't know. I mean, crafts off is the one. That's the one to keep an eye on. Where does he go? Especially now with, you know, if Heedle's going to be out then that's an opportunity to put crafts off in the top nine or even the top six um, and move some people around. And then when Heedle comes back, then we'll see. Um, but I, and I think that's, that's the puzzle that he's trying to figure out because ultimately as, as we, as we spoke about, he wants to manage Adam Crowder together. He wants Trocek and, and, and uh, Panarin together. And I think he wants the kid line together. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you, if you look at those, those are seven of your top nine forwards and right. And so then who are the other two guys? Kraftsoff, I think most of us would think should have a crack at being one of the other two guys. And then, you know, whether it's VC or Goodrow or whoever, um, but, you know, Kraftsoff thing, keep an eye on that and, and where he ends up. 
I, Jimmy Vesey has been the biggest surprise all season. He's been great for them. He's everything they've asked them to do. He's done. He's done a good job killing penalties and scoring goals. I mean, this is the Jimmy Vesey I thought we were getting the first time around. Yeah. You know, it's funny because fans want to like rip on the guy, right? <laughs> want to rip on him. They want to, they want, you know, they're always looking for somebody to scapegoat and they really want to scapegoat Vesey and they can't. Yeah. They, they want the scapegoat Vesey because he wasn't the first line player. He was playing up with Zibanejad and Kreider. But now on the third line, he's playing with Kreider and Trocek. You know, that's kind of a – that's a strong third line, let's be honest. Yeah. I actually and, like that line a lot. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. He's getting some goals and he's and he's making some plays. And people are like, you know what? You can't rip on Jimmy VC anymore. So, I mean, you got to find somebody else to rip on. So, it's going to be Blay or whoever. Listen, I got a VC jersey from the first go-around. I'm a, I'm a VC fan. I was hoping <laughs> that he'd come back with vengeance, and he has. Yeah. I love the fact that he put the two goals up against Toronto – all the Maple Leaf Twitter people were going nuts about him. It was great. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I said to him, I said, yeah, didn't you play for that team? He goes, yeah, for about six weeks. Yeah, yeah. He shipped in the Vancouver real quick. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um, talk about Kratzoff, where he could end up. Obviously, every time the Rangers play Chicago in the last couple of weeks, there's been the rumors about Patrick Kane yeah. coming back up. Yeah. Last night, shellacking has kind of led Chicago fans to saying, I think they're down on a six-game losing streak. Listen, they, they had a little run to start the year off. They gave some hope, but this is what the team is. And, you know, the rumor now, I think Emily Kaplan had it from ESPN that come New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, whatever, they're, they're going to sit down with them and say, hey, where, you know, where do you want to go? What direction you want to take this in? And, you know, they were, ESPN really played up last night with Panarin shooting the puck at Kane warmups and all the fiddlesticks before the game that happened and then the two of them clowning around. Could and I had a buddy who covers the Blackhawks tell me, "Hey, Kratzoff looked great last night in his uh, audition for Chicago." <laughs> it, it seems like you know Chicago fans want him. They they think that you know Ranger fans have some thoughts about him, but you know for the rest of the league, maybe people still see him as, "Oh, he's that top nine good, you know, young Russian forward that can score." And that goal last night, you know, that could you know put a little thought into Chicago fans like this is the guy we want. Yeah. Could he possibly be in a deal? You think they trade him? Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. if, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think he could be. Uh, if, if, uh, if that would get it done, then why not? You know, I mean, you have, he can't figure out what to do with him right now. Um, he's played what 12 games and he has two goals. So that's not bad. Right. Um, and, you know, we, I think we know Patrick Kane would probably like to, play with Panarin and Panarin would certainly like to have Patrick Kane back. So if, if that could be part of the package to get Patrick Kane, um, yeah, I mean, nobody would give it a second thought. Now, um, in the beginning of the year, we were talking about maybe Kako being that piece that went back there. And I don't, I don't know if I want to do that, you mm-hmm. know, or not for a guy who's going to be here for a couple of months, but uh, you know, or, you know, a month or two and then playoffs. No, I wouldn't do that. But crap stuff, I, I would, I, if it was me, I would do it. I'm, I'm sure most people would do it as well. And if, if Chicago is willing to. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's chief medical officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. 
And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. To settle for him or take him as part of the return for for Patrick Kane, yeah, I don't I don't see any reason why you would hesitate on that one. No, I, if the Rangers are in a spot where they're a couple points back in the next month or so, you have those two first round picks burn a hole in your pocket, and if he's the guy who gets it done, I mean, I think he just makes so much sense for the Rangers up front. And you saw the playoffs last year; you need to have scoring to go along with that depth that they have. And yeah. I, I think he's the he. I know there's other guys out there, and there's gonna be more teams that are gonna be obviously gunning for him. But he is the. I think he's the perfect solution for the Rangers going forward for what they need, especially at that wing position where they're so light right now. Right, right, right. No, you know we'll see. I mean, it's March third is the deadline, so we still got a ways to go before that that becomes a a hot button issue. Another trade, uh, Ryan Reeves gets dealt. Uh, obviously, wasn't seeing the playing time he wanted to see. I uh, kind of saw the right on the wall there that Blay was going to be in that lineup every night. And, you know, they were pushing Julian Gauthier and, you know, at the time Ryan Carpenter was in there every night. Was there any, did you hear from the team at all? Like, did you get any reaction from any players? Obviously he was a major leader in that locker room, him departing. No, I didn't really, I wouldn't, didn't really talk to anybody about that. I mean, I think we all kind of saw it for what it was, you know, like he, he even said it himself. He was a leader. He was a beloved figure in that room. But if he's not playing, yeah. then it, it, it limits the amount of um, leadership he can provide. So, you know, I mean, I think it's it's worked out for everybody. He seems to be doing well in Minnesota and the Rangers cleared up a bunch of cap space, which is going to help them do whatever they're going to do in March. I think it was something that I wrote about it way back in the summer. I'm like, you got to move prior Reeves out because of the money. And just him being a fourth line player, it's a lot of money for a fourth line player to go out there. But then you kind of look at it like at another scope. It's like he's such a big leader on this team. And all of a sudden they go on that losing streak. And right after he leaves and you look at Minnesota has been, they've been taken off since he's gotten there. He's been the perfect solution for them. And the Rangers kind of lost him. It's like, Oh, now the team lost. And then Truba had that outburst and it kind of got him back on track, but it was tough there. You're like, you lose the guy, your team's in the dumps. And all of a sudden he's going viral for doing the, uh, the lineup read. And now he's skating around the ice last night like Santa Claus. And it's like this character, you know, that you had in your team, like you, this is the guy you need right now. And this guy you gave up. Uh, but yeah, they need to clear up cap space if they didn't want to do anything at the deadline. They need to clear up cap space and they wanted to get faster. And he was probably the slowest guy on the team. So, I mean, that's, yeah, he's the perfect guy if you're going to get rid of someone who's not fast yeah. and yeah, has and money. They appreciate what he, what he gave them for the time he was here. It's not like it was easy for them to do, but I think it was necessary. I also I go back to the Blade thing. You talk about him with no goals. That's the one guy you can't rub your magic touch on. Every time you go ask some guy about scoring goals, they I score a goal next night. Tried, and I told I you, I've told you many times to text me before the game starts who you talk to about it so I can get some money put into Vegas no. and make something out of this thing. I and the other, night, the other night you tweeted out, oh, hey, I talked to Heedle in the first period, and then boom, he scores a goal the next, next minute. It was, I, I, I was very upset with you. I, I, I spoke to Goudreau and he gets a goal. I was like, what is going on here? But no, it's funny. I was, I was, I was, I was uh, kidding with the uh, Heedle 
you know, uh, last week or whatever. After he scored a goal in like two straight games, and I looked at him, you know, I was walking out of the locker room after a practice. I go, Phil, you don't need me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I tried with Sammy. I mean, you know, and I even talked to him. I was like, you know, I've, I've had this effect on people. And, you know, we had a good laugh. <laughs> No, I, I, I wasn't able to get it done for him, so I, I failed there. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, you should be like, oh, I talked to Heedle this morning to break his streak, and boom, he scores a goal. And he didn't get hot right after that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you talk about Igor. Igor, obviously, was very tough on himself in the locker room. Very tough on himself. I forget what loss it was. He blamed himself. I think it was the Islander loss or Devil's loss, whatever that was. First Devil's game, yeah. And he's really turned around since then. Like you said, he's back to, you know, playing to a level of a 930-something save percentage and a 2.05 goals allowed in the last whatever games it's been, six games, seven games since then. Would you agree with me that he, if he can keep this up, the Rangers have a, a chance, but it really goes on his play, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. I mean, it starts there anyway. I mean, he's not, he's not, you know, these days I don't think he's winning games by himself like he was the first two months of last season i think other guys have picked some, some stuff up and we'll see again we talked about the heedle thing now if heedle's going to be out for a while does that throw him you know off off kilter a little bit and if, if that makes a difference but everything's slotted into place now adam fox is doing what adam fox does um you know truba seems to be picking it up keandre you know seems to have gone nuts in the last six or seven games schneider and the kids, you know, so, I mean, everything seems to be in place. Now, even that line we talked about that Trocek, you know, VC Kreider line. I mean, I like it quite a bit and I know you do too. Um, so everything seems to be in place now. Um, so it's not just Igor. He doesn't have to carry them by himself, but no, it starts. It definitely starts with him. If he's doing what they expect him to do and know he can do, then it gives them confidence to then go out and do what they can do. Have you talked to Trocek a lot at all? He seems like he's a good personality for that room. Um, you know, I've talked to him a little bit. He seems like, you know, I think he's a little guarded with the media. He seems uh, he seems to be a good personality in the room. I know he and VC, I didn't realize this, but he and VC grew up together. Uh, played played uh, youth hockey together. Um, so, so they go back a long, long way. And that line actually between him, VC, and Kreider is three Boston guys. I actually thought that, um, you know, that Trocek was from Pittsburgh, you know, he's born in Pittsburgh, but I guess he grew up in, in Boston. So, so yeah, so I think Trocek's a good, good addition to his team. Um, now I got to talk about soccer. You're a big soccer guy. You've gotten me to watch a little bit of it. I watched the world <laughs> cup for team USA. See, the um, world cup is where it's at. Man. Yeah, no, no, I watched the USA games. I watched the USA games. They let me down, but it's all right. Oh, um, they, I think the USA did quite well for themselves. They did. They did. I was hoping they'd beat England. That was my big, I was like, let's beat England at least. Let's knock. Yeah. That would have been interesting, but England was good. England was really good. And I thought the USA played well. So. Um, I did watch the, the end of the final. Uh, I turned it on cause I thought, you know, NFL Sunday would be starting soon. And I ended up catching the end of the soccer game. It was two to one. And over, I guess they just scored. And then, I mean, I tell you what, if every soccer game was like that, I'd watch every day. I mean, that that was electric. That was electric. Yeah, Let me tell you. That was cool. Yeah, no, I you know, it's it's funny that you you way you put it like that. That's the World Cup though, right? Like um that is the highest of the highest level. Um and you know, my wife I, I covered the World Cup back in 1998 in France. And um uh, my my now wife, who was then my fiance, came, you know, on the company dime to go, you know, see France and 
whatever. And just to see what, uh, you know, what the city was, you know, what Paris was like and what the country was like. And, you know, people get so excited about it. And that's genuinely, genuinely part of what makes it exciting is that everybody is really, really into it. Um, yeah, no, going to an MLS game at Red Bull Arena is not the same thing as, as watching, you know, Leo Messi in, in penalty kicks in, in the World Cup. So, I mean, so yeah, if every game was like that, you'd watch every game, but every game's not going to be like it can't be. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I saw went to Yankee Stadium for NYCFC, NYCFC game. I saw one yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah. It was good. I mean, it, you know, it's exciting, but I, that not like that. That was incredible. That was awesome. <laughs> that was something else. Was I something. think, and I think soccer needs to move to a smaller field. It, it's too much stuff. There's too much space. Yeah, I like hockey. Yeah, yeah get get it smaller yeah. a little bit. Yeah, get a little more. You know, I just don't like the theatrics of the. That's a, that, that's know, rough. That's yeah, rough. yeah, that's 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 a legit thing. I hear that complaint a lot. To be yeah. honest with you, like it's like watching an NBA game. It's really it's bad. Guys, well, I think soccer players have been doing this for a long time. <laughs> They've been doing it to another level here, you know. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, guys go down, and it's like, oh my god, he's he's. Severely injured, he might never play again. You know. <laughs> Two minutes later, he's running like a twenty-five miles an hour down the field. I saw yeah. someone said that uh, I forget who it was on Twitter. Another hockey guy was like. The World Cup, the only place you can see a guy get shot from the stands, go down and get back up two minutes later, uh, you know, and run 25 miles an hour down the field yeah. and score a goal. Like, you know, yeah. it looks like that clip by someone, the way they go down sometimes. It's incredible. Yeah, but no, it was fun. It was fun to that's watch. What I'm like, that's what I said. Like, you know, when Keandre did that against Philly is like, I seen that in soccer, but you know, I've never seen it in a hockey game. I've never seen a guy get tripped and, and fall down and get back up and, and, and go score. I mean, it happens in soccer all the time. <laughs> well, Colin, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, hopefully you guys have a great holiday over there yes, and uh, we'll you. get you on again soon. And hopefully the Rangers can keep this up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, at least, at least, you know, from here, like just, just be what they were supposed to be. I think that's, that's all anyone wants. Any bold predictions? I know you like making bold predictions before I let you go. I like making bold predictions. You love making predictions and you like making uh, guarantees <laughs> about such. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's hear it. What did I, what did I get you to I, go? Oh, I did the over-unders with you. I made you do those. I'm not sure I like making bold predictions. No, <laughs> I don't really have any bold predictions. Um, You know, in terms of the Rangers, I certainly don't. Uh, but I tell you what, I am excited to see and it's still a long way away we're still 50 games away or 49 games away from it but i i would be really excited to see rangers islanders and devils in the playoffs i think that would that would be really hot and i yeah. I, I would sign for that today if i if i could get that no i'm just putting this out in the universe uh in 1994 the rangers defeated both those teams <laughs> on the way to stanley cup easy now easy now that 94 team was a lot better than this team you know in terms of you know the known quantities and stuff like that let's let's not uh, i'm not saying they're better than them. i'm just putting that in the universe colin i'm just saying it you know like hey <laughs> the same hey listen the knicks and rangers have both won seven straight the last time yeah, they did it was yeah. six was six in a row was the most they've ever done also 1993-94 just saying just saying finals right. for both teams all right, I'll keep an eye on that. You never know. It ended in an OJ car chase, so maybe it didn't end up too well for everybody, but <laughs> <laughs> still a pretty good year. Yeah, a very good year. Yeah, that was the last time. You know what? That's That really was almost the last time hockey was a big, big thing in our area. That, yeah. 
And then they had the lockout after that. It was, it never came back the same. So, you know, maybe we're building something. I hope so. That'll be cool. I hope so. Hey, the women's team in there, uh, that plays in New Jersey, they're getting more money there. The Metropolitans or the, oh, the, is that right? The Riveters. Yeah. The Riveters. Yep. They're getting, uh, they're getting more money for next year. That league's growing. So hopefully hockey is up on the rise and, yeah, let's do hey, that. and soccer, I'm sure, is on the rise. Got World Cup coming here. I'm sure you, you got to start weaseling your way in there with Newsday and I, figure out how to get your, your I, press pass already. I got to figure out how to get myself involved in that one. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Start laying the work down on Newsday now. Like, hey, listen, you know, World Cup's <laughs> coming up. I can start doing puff pieces now on them. USA soccer is hot. Backyard, man. I live in Jersey. It's all good. Exactly. Leave a door open. I'll just walk in. I'm good to go. (laughs) Oh man, Colin, happy New Year, though, buddy. Thank you so much for always joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Anytime you need me, just uh, reach out. I'm 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 here for you. I love it. Thank you so much to Colin for joining us. As always, he's the best. Uh, one of our favorite guests. Uh, as always, our listeners love listening to him and all his insights. And I can't thank him enough for always making the time to come on, especially now, uh, busy holiday season with the Rangers wrapping up here and everything else going on and everyone else's uh, personal lives. I can't thank him enough for giving the time to me. So thank you to Colin. Uh, one of the best. And obviously, go check out his articles on Newsday. He does a great job covering the team Uh excellent writer so thank you colin for coming on and that does it for episode 111 of the broadway hat podcast we just celebrated our two-year anniversary this last week so thank you to everyone who reached out uh outstanding you know response from some of our listeners so thank you so much for all the well wishes and uh, it was very cool to hear some great feedback from some people so thank you for everyone for that and uh listen you know if it wasn't for these great guests like colin I uh, wouldn't be able to do this show. So uh, thank you to everyone who's ever come on the show and who's listened. Thank you. It really means a lot to everyone who reached out this last week. And make sure that you are subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, go on there, search for the Broadway Hat Podcast. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, we've re- received a couple of five-star reviews the last couple of weeks, but make sure you keep them coming in because for every five-star review I receive, $3 is donated to Alice's Lemony Foundation through the new year for the holiday. So please go on there, leave a five-star review, help an amazing cause, help fight pediatric cancer. Thank you to everyone who's done that so far. Make sure you go and find the show on Spotify. Uh, leave us a five-star review there and subscribe to the show there. You can find the show on Amazon Play. Uh, sorry, Amazon Music, Google Play, uh, Pandora, Spreaker, anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us there. Make sure you find the show on social media on Twitter at Broadway Hat Pod, my personal Twitter account at KHOLNY for all New York Ranger updates. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Broadway Hat Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our new YouTube page, the Broadway Hat Podcast. We're rolling on a brand new series. I was hoping to do it last week. Unfortunately, my microphone broke. Uh, so it's going to hopefully be up this week or next week with Christmas. I'm not really sure with the everything that's going on, but I have a new series coming out, which I'm very excited to share with everybody. And that will be on YouTube only, on the YouTube page only. We'll be posting clips on other social media stuff, but the full um, the full project will be on YouTube. We won't be releasing it, I don't believe, on the podcast, um, podcast uh, listening pages. It'll just be on the YouTube. So make sure you go on there and subscribe to make sure you're there. And we post show clips, and we're going to be posting full clips as well. Uh, full episodes as well there so just to uh keep you up to date on all new all all updates of the show go to the youtube and find it there uh but thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next week (laughs) 
Iowans. You have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started Betfred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetfredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.